Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Stuff We Say Flashback. This episode is one of my favorite episodes I ever did of, the, of uh, that podcast, because it was the first time G and I, well, ever did a podcast thing together. G isn't just a good content creator friend, but honestly, just a really good friend in general. You ever, you ever get those friends where they basically become like family? G's like that at this point. So anyways, enjoy this episode, Sega Genesis, a collecting retrospective, where a couple years back, G and I got together to talk about collecting for the Sega Genesis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Stuff We Say podcast. After a few month hiatus, stuff happened, big things happened, but that's alright because we are back today talking about Sega Genesis collection and who or collecting, I should say. And who better to bring along for an episode on Sega Genesis collecting than a man with a complete Genesis collection. Mr. G from Miss, I guess G from G to the next level. Is that how I should say it? Hey, you got it right on the money, man. Hey there, how's it going? How's it, how's it going? So uh, welcome to the podcast, episode two. So originally going to be three, but uh, man, uh, the original episode two, uh, that, that was a story and a half that yeah, that that one didn't that one didn't survive. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, audio issues. Uh, but we got it figured mm. out. So the good. the one that's thing good. that's catching my eye, and I'm glad. First off, I'm glad we're both in HD because we're both on pretty terrible internet connections. Yes, yes, Comcast. Yes. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay, I feel you. Telus is horrible. <laughs> but I see. I've heard horror stories. <laughs> You've seen me complaining about it on Twitter, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I see that nice bright yellow Bubsy box just right next, right next to your head right there. Yep. It sticks yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the ones that definitely sticks out amongst the all the red and the black. All the red and black and many of the other ones. For sure. Yeah. So I guess diving right into it, you know, no icebreakers or anything. Whatever, we're friends here. You have yeah. a complete collection. So well, a complete U.S. collection. U.S. collection. N- not a complete worldwide collection, but a complete U.S. collection, yes. How long did it take you to do that? Oh, man. Well, truth be told, I mean, I, I can't really say throughout my time I have sold very many Genesis games. So ever since, uh, because we got the Genesis in 91. And so ever since then, we've kept pretty much every game that we've gotten since. And between my time when I worked at GameStop slash Funko Land and just collecting here and there and here and there. It wasn't like one period of time where I said, oh, I'm just going to go for a complete Genesis collection now and just buy everything up I possibly can. No, this was just like one point in time, like the collection started getting so big. And then once I started really getting into retro gaming, I was like, you know what? Let me go for the full set. And I know it's it's going to be hard, and it's going to be it's going to be a heartache, but it's it was totally worth it. Now, um, I will say there is there is a little tiny asterisk to my collection. I will say it is a complete collection in cart. Some of these are missing manuals. Some of them, uh, in fact, I'll go ahead and throw myself under the bus for one. It's like some of these don't have the original boxes, like Crusader or Senti. I need the original box for this guy, and that's money. But mm-hmm. um. But for the most Pricey. part, yeah, how long did it really take me? Uh, pretty close to like 25 years. I'd 25 say years. Yeah, because I just got the final game last year on Black Friday, no less. So, yeah. What game was it? I know you got it from Retro Game Pro, which, by the way, fantastic store in Houston. One of my favorites. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful store. Uh, Dune 2, The Battle for Arrakis. That, that was the final game that he needed. Really? Is it a particularly rare one? or? No, no, it was just one that... 
for some odd reason, I could, well, excuse me, it's Dune in the United States. It's Dune 2 everywhere else in the world. Right. But um, it's not one that's really rare or anything. It's just for the longest time, because I try to buy local. I right. only really try to buy online, like if it's something that I absolutely cannot get locally. It's just one that's always evaded me, and I've always found it like loose or it's in bad shape, but it just happened to be sitting behind the counter in that crazy morning. I was just like, is that for sale? <laughs> it's like, yes, I want it. They cut me a good deal, and I bought it, and I was just on cloud nine. Oh, amazing to get the craziest things in there like remember uh, the last one when there's someone trading a steel battalion set like you know what though i wouldn't mind having that neither would i <laughs> i don't have the space for it though no i don't have the space for anything <laughs> no. so i guess going from there because you know moving from personal collection to just collecting as a whole Genesis collecting has taken off in recent years, I, I definitely say, particularly with the resurgence of Sonic with Sonic Mania. Can't wait for Mania mm-hmm. Plus. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're both, you know, I, I think it's pretty accurate to say that, you know, you, you're mostly a Sega tuber and I'm, and people pretty much call me a Sega tuber, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You're a lot more leveled than I am. But then again, you've also been at this for a lot longer than me, too. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to spread the content out to be more than Sonic and Sega, but, you know, you, Sometimes you do what you feel, and you know, that's, that's what I've been feeling yeah. a little bit lately. But yeah, I, I'd say pretty accurate between the two of us. We we both have a pretty equal love of Sega. Yeah. So, yeah. But like, I remember when I first started collecting back in 08, stuff was so cheap for the Genesis. You know, borderline where Atari stuff is now. Like, would you say that's pretty accurate? Um, because Atari stuff is kind of strange though. Because around here, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cheap. Like you can find them in discount yeah. bins and whatnot. But I, I can't really say that there was a time, or at least around here in, in Houston or even in Missouri where I used to live in Kansas City, mm-hmm. they um, I don't remember seeing them being that cheap. I mean, they were cheap, but I don't remember them being that cheap. And then as you said, yeah, things steadily started to rise and rise, and now. Yeah, now it's tough to even find complete Genesis games. Loose games, yeah, sure. But it's even hard to find complete Genesis games around locally now. For sure, but... You know, I remember when people couldn't give away copies of the Sonic games. Now, I walk into stores, I'm seeing Sonic 2 in box for 25 bucks. Canadian. Yeah, no. I'm in Canada. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so then, hold on. And you might be familiar with this then. Uh, ooh, is that... What? How'd you get that? Randomly found it in a resale shop. No kidding. The, yeah, this the uh, this is correct me if I'm wrong. That's the that's the Canadian Genesis variant, I th- right? I think that's the Canadian. I think that version only came out in Canada. We always get the weirdest things yeah. here, though. Like, I, I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. There's something up about this because I was like, it's enough for resale one. It's a Genesis cart, but it has the Mega Drive art. You know, I bought. It, I looked it up, and I was like, yeah, I think that's the Canadian version. Like, that's cool. There's a Canadian variant of Sonic 2 as well, I think, which comes in a cardboard box. I believe so, yes. Yeah. But, so, you know, Sonic's huge into it, but what do you think started the, the, the climb in prices for Genesis stuff again? Um, I think really what I could say probably spurred that mm-hmm. is that, because I noticed that collecting goes in phases. Like, there's a time, like, when the 8-bit, because, you know, as we start to get older, then the next generation below us starts to collect, and then the one below us, and then the one below us after that. I think that once we started getting out of the 8-bit generation, then we started getting more into the 16-bit generation. I think that that the people who collect Nintendo and a lot of Nintendo stuff, they managed to get everything that they wanted on there, 
Because I know it's like for a while, like Nintendo started getting stupid expensive and even still really getting hard to is. find. <laughs> it still kind of is, yeah. But then at that same time, when that started dwindling off, I noticed Genesis started rising like at the same time. So it makes me wonder, maybe they started collecting Genesis after that point. And then, um, and then Sonic has, I mean, Sonic has always been relevant, like for the last couple of years. But then, yeah, once once Mania hit, then yeah, it, it shot up again. So, at least again, from my from my eyes, I mean, I know sure. your your area may vary. Well, and it's interesting because I I know so with collecting between growing up on the Gulf Coast and living on the West Coast now, there's some real differences in collecting, right? Because I notice in general. Uh, Nintendo stuff is cheaper here, and I don't know if that's because we're near. I'm close to Seattle, so like you know, they, Nintendo of America is like an hour away by a boat. But, oh, nice. Yeah, but I don't know if that is. But I, I feel like Sega stuff might be a bit more expensive here. I'm not it sure. It could though. be. It could be because I know that's like um like Master System is a good example. It's like Master System. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not 100% accurate on it, but from what I've noticed, Master System is way pricier pretty much everywhere in the world except for the United States. That's what's that's what's weird about that, especially in, in like PAL territories in Europe and especially, especially in Brazil because it's still kind of king in Brazil, which that always fascinates me, tech toy. You know, that, that's it's strange. For sure. But I don't know, that, that's interesting that in, in Canada... That Sega stuff is is that much more. That's weird. I've, Grand, I've noticed it more so with the Master System. Like I remember when I came up here, probably, uh, gosh, one one of the first few times I came up here, so it must have been around 2010. I actually bought a Master System with a few games, and it was 40 bucks from a lot from a game store that I'm still a regular customer of nowadays. And now it's a hundred mm-hmm. bucks just for a Master System system at most places I go to. A hundred. Canadian. Yeah, you're not. So, so we're talking uh, like right. seventy U.S. So that's still kind of well. Mm, I'd say that, um, that's still for a master system. That's still kind of on the high end. I mean, like it, conversion wise. Yeah. Um, depending on what model it is, if it's a model one or a model two, you know that that does that does make a little bit of a difference for sure. But like, do do you think it's just? Do you think the collecting? Do you think the collecting bubble is just kind of growing more because as we're getting older, you know, more of People are getting into collecting and whatnot. I think so. I, and that's what I was saying. Because uh, it wasn't at Retro Game Pro, but it was at another local shop, uh, Game Bros. And I was talking with the guys over there and like asking them, like, what are some of your current trends? Like, what are you seeing that's spiking in popularity? Mm-hmm. And I've heard from more people often than not that the the PS2 generation, like PS2, Xbox, GameCube, yeah. that's the one that they're noticing is, is an uptick. And I believe Xbox backwards compatibility has something to do with that. Oh, absolutely. But it's all starting to get an uptick. So again, it makes you wonder, like the generations before that, you know, they they are already starting to satiate their appetite, and now they're moving on to the next one. So it, it really makes you wonder about that. But yeah, because I know Genesis over here, like it, it's tough. I went to um, I went to a local store yesterday, mm-hmm. and because I, I, I don't really I don't actively look for Genesis much anymore because I obviously you have the whole. Well, right. <laughs> I have a question. But, is, that, is that Genesis? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but is that Genesis including CD and 32X or still working? No. On those? Well, well, the 32X is complete as well, but it's a uh, it's up top. All right. So have it up top. Uh, Sega CD is still far from complete. There's still a couple of uh, still a couple of heavy hitters that that I'm missing on Sega CD. But um, Snatcher. I have Snatcher. You have I have, to... the, I have the big big boys. Thankfully, <laughs> I have Snatcher. I have KO Flying Squadron. 
Uh, I love KO so much. Such a great so game. Good. It's so um, good. So good. It's like Shame is I it to emulate it. No, <laughs> not even. But I, I happen to be very thankful that somebody uh, looked out for me on that one, so I was able to get it um, without you know selling a kidney. But, but, but as the, you were saying um, before, I interrupted. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, it's just noticing trends, and mm-hmm. I'm noticing that ever since that that spike when like people started getting out of NES and then getting into like the 16-bit era, that Genesis spike after it hit, I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong for anyone, but I, I don't really see it going down after that point. Like it's it stayed steady, but it's also kind of steadily, slowly climbed throughout the time. Uh, and at least that's what I've noticed. No, for sure. And like as I said, I feel like there's, you know, there, of course there's going to be those games that are always going to be expensive, you know, much like, you know, little... I don't think Little Samson on NES is going to be an $800 game forever, but I think it's going to be a few hundred dollar game for the foreseeable future. Like, I don't see Musha ever going below a few hundred bucks, you know? Yeah, Musha's a crazy one, too. Like, pretty much any... It's, it's like... The funny thing is when you're looking at collecting, too, when you're looking at genres, because yeah. there are certain genres that just command a higher price. And looking at it from when I was younger and when I am now, or how old I am now, it's like, I would have never thought that space shooters or, or shmups, whatever you want to yeah. call it, would start <laughs> commanding the prices that they do now. It's it's insane. I love the genre. It's one of my favorites. But it's like some of the, it's like you look at RPGs mm-hmm. and shmups. Those are like the two genres that tend to be pricier. And it's strange with that as well, because like I understand an RPG because it's like, okay, well, this is a serious time sink here. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is how I've kind of rationalized my mind if I ever wanted to go for a Saturn set. It's like, well, Panzer Dragoon Saga, that's like an $800 game, but that's like $100 <laughs> per, like, you know, every few hours of gameplay I'd get out of it. I mean, right. Still wait. You know, the, the craziest thing, though, and is uh, with collecting on the Genesis, I guess, segueing from RPGs, is the rise of homebrew in the past few years. Because the one title that's really coming to mind is Pure Solar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have it. Is, is it the first run? I believe so. Is that... Oh, what's I that think sealed? Is, I think that is the first one. So, wow. Yeah, um, it's not plastic sealed. Like so, this so you can still play it. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no? Whoops. Oh, well. Let's see. That, that's still sealed. That's still sealed. Open hold and everything is like this is open which of course that's just a soundtrack but i mean because that's what's cool about that is that you play that if you have the sega cd you play that along with the cartridge and you get the cd soundtrack while you're playing the cartridge but uh, i haven't i haven't brought myself to to open it yet i haven't granted i was like "Uh, i don't know if i can (laughs) that that's not the one that's retained its value though and it's funny seeing that the game's been ported to pretty much everything at this point you know yep yep because i bought it I bought it digitally for PS4. Yeah. Um, I got the Dreamcast one from my buddy Minimal Chill. Ooh. Like he he hooked me up with that, and it's, I I completely forgot it that it came out on Dreamcast. So he was he was selling some of his stuff. I was like, oh okay, well, yeah, I'll take Pure Solar. But yeah, Pure Solar is awesome. Yeah. I, I finally did get a chance to play it on PS4. I'm like that that is one that's that's worthy of the hype. It's very good. How, how much is that going for nowadays? Like around a one twenty mark, probably. For- first run uh, i couldn't tell you i haven't no. looked up the price on it in a while so and, and, and then as you said it's like which printing is it because i believe there were three i think it was three different printings yeah, I, of it i know the first one run which you have is the expensive one because that's the only one which came with the soundtrack and the soundtrack is you know 
people are like, whoa, it's a Genesis game that makes use of the Sega CD. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. See, why didn't Sega do that when the Sega CD was out there, you know? <laughs> Honestly, that would have been cool. And it's like, they, they know they could have done that. Like, what was it? The, the Sega Classics Collection, the one that had like Streets of Rage and whatnot on it, where they re-recorded sound, yeah. sound effects and stuff for them? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, the Sega Classics Collection. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I guess with that, you know, it's like, what, would you still say it's really easy to get into Genesis collecting, even with, you know, prices, of course, being higher than when they first started? Because what was stuff like when you first started collecting? Because I remember you said you started collecting back in the 90s and well into the Funko Land days. When was the golden age for for Genesis collection or collecting? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say the golden age really would have been I'd say around the early 2000s, like the late 90s to like the early 2000s, because right around that time, this is when I really started to build my collection was when Funko Land started getting, because they were transitioning into GameStop. Mm-hmm. And then after that transition happened, they were getting rid of pretty much everything retro. So essentially everything pre-PlayStation that wasn't Game Boy, because they were, they were keeping Game Boy. Mm-hmm. But pretty much everything below that, they were clearancing them out for super cheap. And I know the one store that I worked at, and it's like, thankfully, I, I was still cool with the manager after I stopped working there. Yeah. <laughs> so she always told me, hey, these cut down to 50%, come get them, which ones you want. And that's why I was able to get like so, so many for super cheap out of that. But I'd probably say that was really... Because at, at that point in time, yeah, we didn't really have... We didn't really have internet. We didn't really have news to kind of gauge or anything like that. So it's just, hey, you see it, you buy it, you try it, hopefully you like it. So I would always say that was really more of the, the golden age. And then maybe right around when YouTube and like AVGN and all the, the granddaddies that actually really started putting spotlights on these old school games. Yeah. That's when that started. Because I, I wouldn't bet that right around that same time that Sega started going up again around that period even if a lot of the videos weren't about sega stuff For but sure. yeah i'd say the early 2000s is probably like right around there that late 90s early 2000s was like the sweet spot you know yeah well i'm like i it's weird to think of you know here to avgn being described as like you know the granddaddy of gaming on the internet but i guess he kind of is isn't he kind of it's kind of sort of i mean he's never I, I love i love his show but he's never the end all be all but i mean when you think of the the early days of youtube and video gaming on youtube it it was one of the first ones out there and i know i i got a chance to try out a lot of games i never would have thought i would have liked like die hard yeah. on the nes if you want because of him and it makes you wonder when people were looking for those old retro games were they also saying hey you know that sega seems kind of cool maybe i'll give that a shot too and and that started happening with there as well no for sure and i i'd agree with that especially seeing as like you know, with a lot of this, people, after a point, people stop just collect, or not all people, but a lot of people stop collecting just the stuff from their childhood and went well into the stuff where it's like, oh, that looks cool. You know, that's why Turbo Graphics stuff is now impossible to collect for. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, and the Turbo Graphics bug, man, that, that hit me last year hard. Oh, gosh. It did, because I was like, I love it because I got the Retro Freak. And when I got the Retro Freak, because that was my first uh, exposure in the Turbo Graphics. Yeah. And so I started playing more Turbo games out of that. And then my buddy sold me all of his Turbo stuff. And I was like, the game, the system's awesome. But you're absolutely it. right. It's near impossible to find stuff locally for it. And then you go online, and a lot of times it's hard to find them online. No, for sure. And, like, Genesis is so much easier. Like, with all my years of Turbo collecting, not counting Retropalooza Houston, only once did I ever find uh, Turbo Graphics stuff down there. And, and it was yep. at and it was at a games plus of all places shockingly uh, uh, 
No, I'm it was sorry. <laughs> no, it was funny. I bought I bought the entire light lot with the, a system and a turbo tap and the blazing lasers for eighty bucks because they said since oh. they've never had one in before, that I wouldn't be able to return it. And I was like, okay, well, you let me test it in the store and I'll take it. Right there, you go. Yeah, good. good. And blazing lasers is awesome. This was so like four years ago. I should mention, too. by the way. So <laughs> still good. Yeah, but the Genesis, I. Like, the Genesis has so many great shmups, though. Like, Thunder Force. Thunder Force. The entire mm. Thunder Force series. I love it. Well, okay, so let me ask you a question. In, yeah. Because this is something that actually I don't know. Thunder Force 4 in Canada, was it still Thunder Force 4? Or did they change the name there, too? I think it was still Thunder Force 4. I'm not sure. As said, oh, but the, the, the big thing with games here is, for the most part, Lightning just... Force. Uh, this is what they changed Thunder Force 4 to in the U.S. It's called Lightning. Lightning Force, excuse me. Uh, maybe, maybe it was Lightning Force. <laughs> Not even Lightning Force. Force. I, I don't I, know. It would, probably whatever it was called in the States, it was called up here because pretty much everything that they got in the States came out up here. Just usually there was a bit of delay because it's like, okay, we got to have the English manual, but then we got to have it in Francais as well. Right. Yeah. Right, the multi-language manual. Uh, so, but yeah, it's... Um... I was curious on that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The Genesis, I mean, right next to, hey, segueing in from TurboGrafx to, to Genesis, I mean, Shmups. Yeah. They, yeah, the Genesis is one of the best systems for it. Uh, I, I definitely say between Thunder Force, Bush, uh, Fire Shark, Truxton. Truxton. So many great ones. Truxton's, uh, Truxton's gone up. Truxton's gone up a lot. But that's also one that Truxton has almost always had a price point on it. Like, it, it's never been a cheap game. That's true. Well,. And I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, YouTubers have driven up the price. But let's be honest, Mark from Classic Game Room, like, that's his favorite game. That <laughs> probably yep. helped a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like people will say, and trust me, I'm sure you've gotten this. Yeah. Too, that you've gotten people who throw shade at you for, it's like, especially with, I love this. And I mentioned this, yeah. like, one time when I was at the uh, the comedy theater, when I was doing an interview with them. And it's like, well, a lot of times that when I say, hey, I'm a gaming YouTuber, and they're like, well, what do you talk about? It's like, you talk about current, you talk about retro. And I mentioned I talk about retro, the attitude tends to change. Yeah. A lot because then I realize, like, oh, this is your fault that this is a $100 game. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like, it's the people who have the desire to go play the games. Like, hey, you know, we're sorry that, you know, we're expressing our love through our videos. Exactly. That it's causing you to go out and go buy the games, and then which causes the the demand and the price to go up it's just it, it happens you know it's like no need to throw shade <laughs> well and like but, i'm not i'm not sure if i can legally say this or not but i'm going to go ahead and say say this and you know if sega's lawyers come after me whatever but it's like when i talk about a game in a video and i recommend it like i'm not saying oh go out and buy this no it's a 20 year old game you know unless it's the virtual console is not not around anymore pretty much like right for what, i'm saying play it for I care, you could go download a ROM of it. Right, em right, em exactly. Emulate. I'm not hate on you for that, you know? Yeah. At least find some way to play it. Yeah. You know, it's true. But yeah, um, but yeah Truxton is an odd one, because it is one that... It, yeah, because he mentioned this in pretty much almost every video for, like, the longest time. It's yeah. like, will it Truxton? You know, <laughs> and it became a meme it, for all eternity. <laughs> it became, like, a minor meme for a while, but that alone gave it legendary stat. It's a great game, though. I adore it. it. I adore it, it as is. a game. But for anybody for anybody who really likes Truxton, if I can make a quick recommendation, because this is from the same team, but I think it's a better game. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of this one, Fire Shark. I've never heard of that one. No, I haven't. <laughs> Excellent. Same In my people. opinion, I like it. I like it more than Truxton. It's awesome. Really? Yes. 
A great game. Well, because Toplin, Toplin made a lot of games for uh, for the Genesis, but that one, I remember I bought that one at a random pawn shop. Like when was that? I was in college. I was in college, and I bought it randomly from a pawn shop for three bucks. Three bucks. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I was like, well, hey, it's a it's a shooter. So yeah, I like shooters. I took it home. And I was like, this game is freaking awesome. Oh, that sounds <laughs> and it good. Is. It's great. It's great if you if you can find it, grab it. Totally. It's funny, though, because we were talking about RPGs as well, and on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like that's the one genre where the Genesis lacked a bit. Yeah, I agree. Because there's tons you know, tons of great shmups, tons of great platformers. I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. But RPGs, like, what comes to mind? We talked about Pure Solar, and I guess there's the Fantasy Star games. and Oh, yeah. It's, it's very, there's really not too much else. There's not much else. I mean, you've got the Fantasy Star series, you've got the Shining series, you know, Shining in the Darkness, Shining Force. Mm-hmm. So you've got those. Uh, you've got Warsong, which is known as a Durland Grisser. Durland Grisser in Japan. That's a really good game. Uh, Sorcerer's Kingdom. That's another one that's actually pretty good. Um, you know, without cheating, without looking behind me, I honestly <laughs> can't think of too much more. I mean, you have the cheat RPGs. sheet there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the ultimate cheat sheet, but it's like I can't. I can't really think of... I mean, I guess you can... Well, no, I guess that's more of a strategy game. I was going to say Pirate's Gold, but that's more of a strategy game. Yeah, there's not... Um, yeah, truth be told, there really aren't that many RPGs on the Genesis. There's not. No. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Fantasy Star, or at least I love 2 and 4, you know? Yeah, see... <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? 3's... <laughs> yeah, 3's three's not great. 3's something I feel two like... 2 and 4 awesome. If people enjoy the series, I feel like people should at least try it. It's the cheapest of them currently. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah, it's worth a shot. You might really like it. I just, yeah, I personally didn't care for it. That's like a lot of people don't like the Shining in the Darkness series. I personally love the Shining in the Dark in the Darkness games. Yeah, but I think a lot of that came from um, most people's first Shining game being Shining Force. Right. So when they go back and they play Shining in the Darkness or Shining the Holy Ark for Saturn, it's like uh, it's a dungeon crawler. Eh. Yeah, but it's a really, really good dungeon crawler. You no, know, very good. So it's a shame that after that they never really went back with it. And now the Shining name, like Lord, Lord only knows what Sega's doing with the Shining name now. So Sega needs to bring uh, some I, of these back. They do. I mean, the Shining Resonance that's coming out, I think, in a couple of weeks. That's coming out in a couple of weeks, but uh, I'm afraid. afraid. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna try it, but and I'm a little afraid because I'm just like, eh, it's more of an action, like a Tales of kind of action RPG. So Ooh. it might be. Good, I'm interested. You know, what what platforms? Uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Okay. I believe. You might have to get that. I think it's coming it come out for the Switch, too. I'm not sure if it's coming out for the Switch. I know it, I know it's coming out for PS4 and Xbox One for sure, but I don't know about the Switch. I'm, I'm fine with these older Sega series getting new love, especially since, you know, Wonder Boy was good. I liked what the, yes. I'm with Wonder Boy. So it's like, okay, mm. I kind of want to do the same thing. It's like, okay, you know, if they can bring back Wonder Boy, if we can, you know, get a new Shining game, if we can get a half-decent Bubsy game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, I I liked it. I like the the bully strike back. It's, I mean, I'm playing it blind it was, soon. <laughs> it's like it is what it is. That's yeah. that's really the, the best thing I could say about it. It's it's not gonna blow you away, but it's good. It it, it fully exceeded my expectations. I, I will say that. Are you implying you had but, expectations? Uh, sort of. I did have expectations. I mean, I had expectations that would at least be passable. You know, considering it's from the same guys that did the Gianna sisters, I was like, okay. So that means that this is at least going to be decent. And I played it when I did uh, Extra Life. I I played it for a couple hours, and I was like, this is, it's good. It's good. It's short. 
It's that, uh, that is one downside about it. It is kind of short. I heard I could beat in a few hours, so the perfect stream game. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I guess with but, this, we should segue into platformers, because that's what defined the Genesis for me. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of excellent platformers on the Genesis. And, and some, some other random ones, because it's like, of course, Sonic. But then, yeah. like, you go outside of Sonic, then you got Rocket Knight, yes. you got Socket, you got High Seas Havoc, Vector Man. There's, 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 there's a lot of great ones out there. Like, well, like, what are some of your favorites that, um, aside from Sonic, like, what are some of your favorite platformers? My absolute favorite Genesis platformer that's not Sonic is Rystar. Absolutely Rystar. Yes. Rystar or Ristar? Ristar? <laughs> is it Ristar or is it Rystar? Is it like i mean Ristar would make sense because you know he's extending his wrists out to, to get get them i guess we should we should explain explain i'm going to pronounce it Ristar. i like how that sounds better but it's okay. like it's technically running on the sonic engine like for everyone listening and it's this game where you play as this shooting anthropomorphic shooting star and you go around kind of more at a mario pace and your only method of attacking is literally grabbing onto everything and headbutting it yep and you pretty much feel your way through the world. And it's it one of my favorite games of all time. That you have it's it complete. Awesome. Yeah, but all my, well, this one, I think this one is complete. Oh no, this actually is one of the ones that's missing the manual. But You have it uh, in box. Complete. I do have it in box. But, um, because Ristar is awesome. I, I fully agree. It's one of the most gorgeous games on the system. Mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing I will say. The graphics are beautiful. The music's excellent. It's just, it's such a shame that he was a one and done. Like, that that was it. I mean, I guess if you want to count the Game Gear game, sure. Yeah. But it's it's, it's a shame. And then, really, the only other thing that we saw from Ristar, Rystar, or whatever, Restart. the only thing that we ever saw from him was uh, his cameo in Sonic and All-Stars Transformed. You heard that. And it's like, that's about it. You heard they were considering doing a sequel, right? With multiple play yeah. playable stars? Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. And it's like, there's a lot of those other plans that were in the works at Sega during that tumultuous mid-90s period where yeah. mm, uh, what, mm, what would yeah. you say like 94 to 97 95 95 to 97 i think that was the, the pivotal period where things really started going off the rails and it's just that pretty much with with sega because i've seen so many different like perspectives on like sega in the mid-90s but i think after from what my kind of gathering on it is that there was just too much infighting Sega of Japan really wanted their franchises to work globally, and they didn't really care for the franchises that worked in America, except for Sonic, because Sonic made too much money. So but for everything else, it's like, so no Streets of Rage, no Ristar, no Golden Axe, pretty much all the, all the ones that did better in the United States, yeah. they pretty much axed after a while. Because it's, it's like, for example, I think one of Sega's greatest errors in the 32-bit generation was not porting Golden Axe, um, The Revenge of Death Adder. Oh, absolutely. And I wonder why. Why did they, we got the huh, we got the crappy fighting game? <laughs> we didn't get Revenge of Death Adder. I was like, come on now. You know, it's, it's decisions like that that kind of did them in. And then they rushed the Saturn out too soon. Sony just mopped the floor with them, and it was For just sure. sad. And so a lot of those other franchises just died after that. Some came back on the Dreamcast, like Fantasy Star. Yeah, just in a, Fantasy in a Star day. Online. You know. Yeah, which don't get me wrong, I love Fantasy Star Online. But it's not. You it's know, not Fantasy it's not, Star proper. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's a great game for what it is, but it really isn't. So with that, I, I got asked what. Getting back into it, I guess we should go over the various Genesis models if we're talking about collecting as a whole. We had the Model One, which I think is the best looking of them. 
But like absolutely. With that that weird, I remember the first time I saw it because when the first time I played a Genesis, no first console, I'd only ever played with the Model Twos, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, is it like some sort of CD player thing with that bulb on the top?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? What do you think of the Model One? I love the Model One mm-hmm. because the thing about the Model One is that it's it's pretty much the right kind of size for a console at that time. Mm-hmm. Just the mixture of the, the deep burgundy red and the black. It's circular. It's got sexy curved edges. <laughs> it's the ridges, like basically on the side, you got the volume control. You like your console. I mean, what console curves? had a head from that? Hmm? I said, you like your consoles with curves? Real consoles have curves. Real consoles have curves. Real consoles have curves. <laughs> just, look at, just look at the Switch. Just look at the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, and then, of course, where it says the big 16-bit for right on the front yeah. and a high-definition graphics. Just everything was just right in your face. And it was loud, it was boisterous, and I loved it. It, it is my favorite iteration. Like out of the Sega model Genesis models or Mega Drive, whatever. Yeah. It is definitely my favorite. And then from there, there was the Model Two, which I guess all it has going for it is no one is the most common, but it's still the one I on occasion see for like ten bucks at thrift stores. Oh yeah, it's the cheapest one out of all of them by far because it's the most common. Yeah. It was the one that that, that Sega mass produced when the Genesis really started gaining in popularity. Mm-hmm. And the only problem with the Model Two that I've noticed, I've had. Throughout my time, I've had four of them. They they crap really? out like that. Are you serious? I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, my, my Model 1 still works like a tank. But my Model 2, the one I've had ever since 91, it still runs like a tank. But my Model 2s, like, I've gone through four of them. And either where it just would not accept the power input, it wouldn't read the cards. I have one that, like, had this really bad buzzing sound. Like, anytime I would turn on a card, it had this real bad buzzing sound with it. They were just, they weren't built well. Now the Model Two Sega CD, it was fine. Yeah. But but the Model Two Genesis, though, yeah, they they had issues. At least again around here. Well, but as far as like design wise goes, like it still looked good, but it didn't look anywhere near as good as the first not one. Not at all. And grand, like the Sega CD, I thought was cool. It's funny because the Model One Sega CD is the one everyone has problems with because it was this big. It had the the slide out disc tray. Yep. I still have, I have a Model 2 Sega CD, and actually I remember I bought it for 20 bucks, and they were like, oh, it doesn't work, like with the power supply. Ends up they were using a third-party power supply, and it just wasn't giving enough power. Got a first-party one, no problem. Uh, The only issue I've had with the Model 2 CD is is, uh, the eject button gets stuck. Like, I know it's just a flip-top lid, but like constantly, like, I press it down, and I have to fiddle around inside to get it to go back up. Yep, I've seen that happen, where it just it gets super squishy, like, over time. And then sometimes, like, if you push it down, you can't close the lid because the button won't respond. Yeah. So it's, it's Yeah, it's weird. Um, but, yeah, and you're absolutely right about the Model 1. My Model 1 doesn't work. It doesn't. It, 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 nope, it doesn't read any discs. It doesn't work, and I'm just like, uh, I don't want to have to get another one. Because <laughs> my Model 2 works fine. But, um... We'll get into Sega CD like once we once you go through like all of the Genesis models. If you want to talk Sega CD, I'd love and other to talk Genesis Sega models. CD. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm, I, but the Model Two was was good. Now, um, are you familiar with the Model Three? I own a Model Three. Me too. I have a Model Model Three too. The Model Three is weird. I like it. I I, I can't say I'm like right on the middle. On really, the Model Three. Now, granted, it's like if it's if this is your only Genesis to buy, I'm like, no, do not get this one if it's your only one because it only outputs in mono. Certain games don't work with it. Uh, but as far as the design and the look wise, like 
it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's exactly what it is. It's For a sure. it's a budget model that's cheaper, smaller, and more compact, and that's fine. What was you it know, like? But just fifty bucks at release. It was cheap. Yeah, it was like fifty bucks. Granted, it was like fifty bucks when it first came out. I love it. It's gone up in price a bit nowadays. Like I'd say the Model Two is cheaper now. Oh yeah, well, yeah the Model Two is still the cheapest, but but the the Model Three. I actually haven't seen a Model Three around here in a while. Really. So I, I couldn't tell you, like, I couldn't tell you how much it's going for now. When I first bought my Model 3, when I first got back into Genesis collecting, the Model 3, no, I was like, well, do I really want to do this? I actually bought a Model 3 first because at the time it was only, I actually found one on Amazon for 10 bucks with a copy of Sonic 2. Nice. And like that, that was a common thing like five years ago, right? But now oh, yeah. they, they, aren't, they aren't that common anymore, I guess. Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. Like I, like I said, I can't remember the last time I've seen a, a Model 3 locally. But if you're collecting Genesis systems, then absolutely get it. But, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm like right in the middle on the, on the Model 3. Well, and that one's... I don't, I don't dislike it. I don't love it. It's like I'm kind of like right in the middle. It's a cool collector's piece, though. And it was absolutely. U.S. exclusive. Yes. Majesco. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're part of the... That's like the Majesco Game Gear, which I'm like, oh, I need to find a... I need to get one of those. I need one. The Majesco Game Gear. I'm potentially finally getting my hands on a, uh, one of the, the blue Game Gears, though, so fingers crossed. Yes, yeah, so please. Hopefully it works. Oh, it works. That's it works. It's my brother-in-law's. So I just need to work out a deal with him because, you know, <laughs> that, that, oh, that that's his childhood good. Game Gear. See, unfortunately, it's out of my reach. Otherwise, I would show it to you. But because um, I have two Game Gears, I've got a black one, which is the one I had since I was a kid. Yeah. And then I have a Japanese one. I have the red uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, uh, the capacitors need to be replaced on it. But it's it's stunning. I'm like, man, that's that's a beautiful Game Gear. <laughs> Speaking of stuff with terrible capacitors, the Sega Nomad. Yeah. Mm. You want a Game Gear that, except it's actually a Genesis and has a has a, a clip-on battery pack that's really easy to lose. Is, is that yep. pretty much it? And even worse battery life than the Game Gear. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I have one, though. It, it, the Nomad, I remember yeah. when I bought my Nomad, because that, that's another crazy thing, too, because correct me if I'm wrong on this, the Nomad was only released in U.S. too, right? Correct. I think so, yeah. It was only released in U.S. And uh, I remember when I bought mine, at that point... Um, what did we trade for it? Like, I traded a bunch of like Nintendo stuff. Trade Nintendo for Sega, Natch. Yeah. But I traded like a bunch of Nintendo stuff for it. And the guy at Funko Land, because it's before I worked there, yeah. he's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And I remember we bought it, and then we went on a trip to Louisiana, and the thing died only like two hours in. And like, I was like, "Really?" We're, we're in Louisiana. We're we talking like New Orleans or like Lake Charles, because we're talking New Orleans. Oh damn! No, that that can't la That couldn't even last like to the border. Like, nope. I, I I know a lot of the viewers here. You know, if we're go if the podcast channel is the same to my main channel. You know, a lot of y'all are from Canada and the UK and not from Texas, but like Houston to New Orleans, that's an eight-hour drive, and that's. Woo. Maybe like a maybe like a six hour drive. Since they did, oh. did the interstate. Oh, oh well, I guess from I guess from Conroe, yeah, maybe it's probably like seven eight hours. So true that. Yeah, true that. But like, man, it was that the, the battery life was terrible, and it had capacitor issues too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure did. You know, mine still works okay. It's not as bad as the Game Gear, but yeah, it, it has it has capacitor problems too. But man, was it cool. 
I mean, because especially since it had the AV out, yeah. So you could plug it to the TV when you got there, like that, and it had a second controller input for multiplayer. Like that's so cool. It was way ahead of its time, but it, you know, as you said, though, it it had its issues, it had its technical flaws. For but sure. it was it was a cool concept. But I think at, when did the Nomad come out? 95. I think it was around that same. Yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. The the year that Sega crapped itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Said ninety five, and honestly, I think a lot of that they could have at least stopped with some of the bleeding if they just let the Genesis survive a little bit longer. If they just let it go for like another year or so, it could have at least helped. You know, if they let but, the Genesis live and like, don't get me wrong, I love me some Knuckles Chaotix and some Calibri. Well, Calibri's hit or miss. <laughs> I would have just axed the thirty two X while it was in development. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. It's like because majority of the 32x games were actually Genesis games in development that they pushed over to the 32x. That's why Acclaim has so many ports on there. They were just slapdash quick ports. So granted, some of those ports were great, like NBA Jam TE, for example. Yeah. Like some of those excellent. But uh, at the end of the day, though, just I, I see what Sega was doing. Like they were just trying to, hey, the Saturn's not ready yet, but we really got to push forward to the next generation. Here's something to work in between. Like I get it. But at the same time, it's like it was $150 for something that didn't have too many games. And then if you wanted the CD portion, you had to have the CD add-on. And it's like, eh, it was a mess. It's- it was a mess. Well, granted, in my opinion, the 32X library is nowhere near as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. There oh, are for sure. great games for it. but um, Fred Couples Golf? Yeah. <laughs> T-Mac. <laughs> T-Mac, yes. Primal Rage. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I don't like Primal Rage like at all. Knuckles but, Chaotix uh, is reasonable to own it. Absolutely, Knuckles Chaotix, Virtual Racing Deluxe. Uh, the Doom port is excellent for it. In, in my opinion, I thought the Doom port was excellent. I thought I it was like better the Doom than, port. than the Super Nintendo one, to be honest. And uh, my favorite 32X game that people never talk about: Shadow Squadron or um, Stellar Assault. That's the name for it outside of the U.S. Games excellent, so good. But yeah, nobody ever talks about that. My current 32, I guess Sega collecting holy, you know, like, you ever have, like, the personal holy grails where it's not worth a ton, like, an absolute ton, but, like, you're looking for it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Te- Tempo and 32X. Tempo. Tempo. Uh, tempo. It's so beautiful ah, and colorful. For, colorful. Like, there weren't a lot of 32X, but the 32X itself, because, like, it's gotten such a bashing on the internet, it's still... Yep. It hasn't gone up to like I'll be honest. If like anyone listening or watching is a Sega collector, get a 32X for your Genesis. I agree. I mean, it, it's like yeah, there are some stinkers, but I mean, what console doesn't have some stinkers? You know, exactly. But the, the games that hit on the 32X, they really hit. That's one thing I, I I will say about that. Um, however, the ones that stink, and unfortunately, one of the biggest stinkers is one of the most expensive games Spider-Man. for the system. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. You, you have it right there. Oh my gosh, the the most expensive this, this, and debatably worst game for the 32x. Now it's not. I don't think it's the worst game. You don't think? But it's, it's pretty worse. close. It's pretty. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on it. Because to me, it's like here's is kind of a thing to note about me is that if you're a good game, you're memorable. If you're a bad game, even if it's a bad game, you're memorable. To me, one of the worst things you could be is a forgettable game, and Web of Fire is a forgettable game. Oh. I mean that's and it's just such a shame because it's from the same guys that did Jurassic Park and Vector Man. It was from Blue Sky. So they know better than this. But I think it was because in what was it? Yep, ninety five. It's because it was in that, that <laughs> those years of ninety five, they had to rush this game out. And womp womp. 
you know? There are some interesting things from around that era, though. Like, Virtual Racing Deluxe on 32X is great. Great. But what's fascinating is the Genesis port of Virtual Racing. <laughs> With the funky-looking cartridge. Another dirt-cheap game. Dirt-cheap. Like a $5 right. game still. But like, it is. The only game to use Sega's equivalent to the Super FX chip. And it's such a big behemoth. Like, look, it's (laughs) a massive cartridge. Like, twice the height of your regular Genesis cartridge. But it's a good port. It is. I think for what it's worth and what they did, it's admirable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty admirable that Sega really tried. Now, granted, I've only played the arcade virtual racing once. It was in Florida. I, I actually got to play the arcade game, finally. But for what it's worth, I think they did a good job. I mean, to me, it's like, I honestly think it was better than the Saturn version. That's the Genesis version or the 32X version? Both of them. I, I think both of them were better than the Saturn one. Now, one that, that shocked me how good it was was the, uh, the PS2 Sega Ages. Yes, I that love that version. Good that so good. But, um, yeah, the Genesis one, though, I think, again, for, for what they did and for what they tried, I think it was a good shot. The only problem is, is that I think for a game that was that kind of limited, that came out so late in the life of the Genesis, it was 100 bucks when it came out, it was a hard sell. It was a real hard sell, it's especially not... when you got Star Fox on the Super NES at sixty bucks. That has a lot more game to it. For sure, and that's kind of sad though. Like you know, you hear of these game, you see so many stinkers from back in the day that are so expensive now, and then you have a game that was actually expensive and technically impressive back then, and now it's one of the cheapest games you can possibly buy for the system. You know, when you're talking about that one game, I could definitely recommend that fits that description on the Genesis. Is this one, Subterranea. Subterranea. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about this game. This I haven't heard of great. that one. Well, it's great. So essentially, it's it's like an underground. It's hard to explain because you you have to basically uh, maintain your fuel and maintain your weapons while you rescue all of the people that are in a um, in a subterranean capture. And you fight bosses. You fight bugs. Um, it's because it's the build. It's not just like a go and shoot everything up. You have yeah. to manage your fuel. You have to make sure as you get the hostages there safely. The graphics and the music. The music is awesome. That is one thing we'll say about this game. It's just another one that was just ahead of its time. It's like it will blow you away by the way it looks. But then it's like you expect that this is a game that would have risen in value over the years, but it hasn't. This game's dirt cheap. Like it is. I think it's like complete. It's like fifteen or twenty bucks. It's so cheap, but worth it. You know, totally worth it. And the good thing about it too is like the really common, or not common, but like the well-known Genesis games that have gone up in price for the most part, you can get on compilations now. Yep. Like either the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection on PS3, a must-own for anyone who has a 360 or PS3. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, And then you got the new Classics uh, Collection that's coming out later this month. That's this month? Wait, what? Yeah, May 29th. Well, at least in America. I don't know about Canada. Oh, no, it's but the same in America, Canada. Yeah, Okay, May 29th. Yep, it comes out. That's why I asked on uh, on Twitter today cuz um I'll let you know I'm working on a video for it. Yeah. But I was wondering like what what um what Genesis or Mega Drive games that Sega didn't put on the Classics collection like do you think Sega published cuz that's one thing to note because I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, what about Castlevania Bloodlines or Street yeah. Fighter 2 or all that?" There's one thing to know about Sega and their compilations, it's Sega only. They only only put Sega published games on their compilations. It was just crazy because I guess they made amends with Treasure. Yeah. And that's why we're getting Alien Soldier, Light Crusader, Gunstar Heroes. Granted. No McDonald's Treasure and Leisure. I, uh, um, adventure, unfortunately. Well, granted, but, but that has the McDonald's licensing. 
Yeah, so they're not going to get that. Granted, Treasure, I mean, that's in the name. My favorite Genesis developer. Absolute mm-hmm. favorite. Gunstar Heroes is great. And so is the Game Boy Advance sequel, Gunstar Superheroes. Fantastic games. Agreed. Yeah, like, Agreed. Gunstar Heroes is my... I'll be honest, as much of a Sonic fan as I am, my two favorite Genesis games are Gunstar Heroes and Streets of Rage 2. See, Streets of Rage 2 is my top. Yeah. That... Uh, I'd say Streets of Rage 2. If I had to see, the number three would be hard. It's like, because my top two would be Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles. Those would be my number two. Actually, no, never mind. Thunder Force 4. Yeah. <laughs> no, number like, number three no. for me is three and Knuckles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, if we're counting yeah. C, if we're count, I mean, if we're, we can count Sega CD games, Sonic CD tops all three of those, but. Oh, okay. See, it's a funny thing. I, I like Sonic CD, but I don't love Sonic CD. It's like something, something about, and, and I discussed this with Tyler, you yeah. know, I retro game. And I was like, there's something about Sonic CD that just feels off to me. And I think it's, and I think Sonic Time Twist it fixed a lot of this. Yeah. And when you're transferring between the past, the present, and the future, there's certain portions of the stage that just feel disjointed. Like there's random blocks everywhere that just stop your way. Because, so, you know, in Sonic, you got to keep moving. The whole thing is about pace and momentum. For sure. But then when you get a random block that drops your, in your path, when, you know, you flip the switch and you go to the future and then that block is down, how are you supposed to know that? It's, it's strange. You know, it, yeah. and I was like, it's good. And the soundtrack is awesome. The bosses are awesome. Both the it. soundtracks. I'll give it that. Both of the soundtracks, absolutely. Yeah, North like, American and European are great. They're both great. But I don't know. Like I said, something about it just doesn't, for a Sonic game, it doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel as Sonic. I guess that's probably the best way I could say it. It no. doesn't quite feel as Sonic as the other ones. But am I fair to say that I feel like Mania is the best of the Sonic games so far, though? I like it more than the classics, I think. I like it more than CD even, and I own seven different versions of Sonic CD. <laughs> By the way, I own seven different versions of Sonic CD. I do not have a problem. Dude, I have, I, uh, I actually counted it. I know it's more than ten. I have more than ten oh, iterations no. of Streets of Rage two, at no least. No kidding. I have that on pretty much everything. The only system I do not have Streets of Rage two on is Master System. Like that. That's it. Everywhere else, if I could get it, I've got it on PC, got it on PS3, got it on Xbox 360 now, gonna have it again on PS4. Pretty much everywhere. I love Streets of Rage 2. It's, it is one of my favorite games of all time, period. But, and it's so sad yeah, that, that beat 'em ups are a lost art nowadays. The beat 'em up genre. You know, I'm not, I'm not knocking wood. Knock on wood. Okay, damn it, I walked into Knock that. On. One. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm no. What Woods Channel is great, but I'm talking about the beat 'em up genre. <laughs> Right. But you want to know what, though? I think it's time for a renaissance for it. It is. I, I'm, I know it's like Double Dragon Neon was one that I think Double Dragon Neon, Castle Crashers, and uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. Once all of those came around, they all started, the beat em up genre really started to, to kick off. And I think there's a, there's another new one that's kind of like that. I think, oh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called The Adventure Pals or something like that. Like a lot more of yeah. the, the indie games. Are, and uh, Paprium, we were talking about homebrew games earlier because yeah. that's a beat em up. So it's like I, I think it might be getting a renaissance, for, or or maybe, which I'm down for that. Yeah. Dragon's Crown, Dragon's Crown's another example too, which that's getting a remake. You think next week? Oh, I can't but, wait for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I put so many hours into Dragon's Crown. Not even funny. The the funny but, thing about Streets of Rage though is like it's such a defining series. Absolutely. Like, what what do you think about the? Because one was interesting, but like I dare say Final Fight was better than Streets of Rage one. I know that was a big competitor. Fight, 
Final Fight was better than Streets of Rage 1. I, I will agree with that. Because Streets of Rage 1, even though the soundtrack is still amazing, mm-hmm. Streets of Rage 1 didn't really age all that well. No. Uh, Final Fight aged well. Especially, Especially the CD the version. CD. Yeah, yeah, or, or uh, Double Impact on 360 and PS3. Like, because it's the arcade game. Yeah. So, like, those aged well. Uh, granted, I still have... I, I played Final Fight 2 a long time ago, but I don't fully remember it. I just picked it up again. Have, but, uh, I haven't played it in a while. I still never played Final Fight 3. Oh, you need so, to. It's good. Like, I, I heard it's great. I still haven't played it, though. It's expensive now. Have you played so. the GBA remake of Final Fight 1? Oh, Final Fight 1. Final Fight yeah. 1. Yeah, I love that one. Especially since if you have two copies, you can do two-player over Link Cable. Yep, the Game Boy Advance is awesome. I love it. It, it, it is my favorite Nintendo Portable. Same. Definitely. Absolutely same. But, uh, but yeah, between Final Fight and Streets of Rage, yeah, I think... I think Final Fight 1 definitely is better than Streets of Rage 1. I'd say so. Streets of Rage has the better character, the better look, and the better soundtrack. But to me, the gameplay the gameplay goes to Final Fight. But what about Streets of Rage 2? Like, the best beat-em-up, like, period for me. Nothing. A game so good, I had to buy the soundtrack from Data Discs. I need, I need that. I need that. And I want the actual physical CD, too. Yeah. yeah Street, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, Streets okay. of Rage 2, though, it's just, it's... That is one of the closest things I could say to a near perfect game. I mean, I, I can't really. It's like you want to tell me or talk about anything that's bad with that game. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Like I, I can't really think of too many things to say bad about Streets of Rage Two. I mean, even in its higher difficulty, it never feels unfair. No, and like with friends, and my favorite is like, you know, you have like the friendly fire when you're playing with. You know your friends so it's like you can beat the crap out of them as well like there's some fun in that too you know yeah but the cool thing about the streets of rage games is that if you do beat them it only takes like a little tiny sliver of their health it's not like battle toads where like if you accidentally hit them it, you could kill them in an instant like it's it's not like that so that's, that's the cool thing is like it might happen and it will happen yeah but it doesn't it doesn't really hurt that badly so it's like oh sorry and just move on you know the one thing unless I... you hit them with a, with a special then that kind of hurts no for sure <laughs> I, the one, the only bad thing I could potentially say is Max is by far the easy mode, but also like, meh, I, it needs that type of person. Yeah, you need the tank because that's one thing. Streets of Rage One didn't have a tank character. No. So I got him, and then in, in Rage Three we had uh, Zan, but he wasn't as good. He wasn't as cool. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't like Streets of Rage Three, but just because of the soundtrack. See, mm, see, is like I like Streets of Rage Three and I like the soundtrack, but. It's because if you if you really think about it with Streets of Rage three, the reason why I like it is because Rage two is that that classic you know urban hip hop nineties kind of vibe. Yeah. Streets of Rage three takes it into the future. You know, you're dealing with robots, you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with all that. To me, having a techno centric soundtrack, it fits. Even if some of it like doesn't quite make sense from time to time. Yeah. Something about it, like I, I can't really, except for maybe the stages in the the ninja stage, like that 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 level, the music in that level is only so so, but most of the other stages, like I, I actually really like the soundtrack for three. But again, it's because I think it fits the atmosphere. For sure, though. Granted, have you played Streets of Rage remake? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate to say it, but I think, I don't know, I feel like the best way to play two is still like how it was intended, but like if the best way to experience a series as a whole remake and it's funny because it's a fan project sega fans are the best (laughs) they are (laughs) i mean there's some killer nintendo fan projects too but the only problem with them is that once you see them they're 
Nintendo Kanza. You know it. Yep. Well, like a Sega threatened to do it for Streets of Rage too. They, and I'm they, like, but that's one of those franchises that Sega of Japan like they wanted to just do away with because it didn't do well in in Japan. So, but it's like to me, it's like, hey, you give uh, Christian Whitehead. You know, it's like, hey, you gave uh, Christian Whitehead. He made his fan Sonic games, and now you're giving him a job, and now he's like a household name among so- uh, Sonic fans. For sure. So I think that they could have hired um, Bomber Games. Bomber Games. They could have hired Bomber Games to make maybe not a Streets of Rage game, but at least something else later. You know. Well, I feel like there's time to make amends because that was what 2011. And since then, Sega's changed so much because like a couple years ago, didn't they open that Steam page for people to post Sonic ROM hacks? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think they are a lot more open now than they were back then. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I agree. And it's like, here's the thing: it's like at the end of the day, you're a business, and mm-hmm. as a business, you're here to do what? To make money. If the fans are saying, "Hey, we want a new game of this," I don't see what the problem is. As long as you know, with a reasonable budget and a reasonable time, I, as long as the demand is there, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Even if it's like, "Hey, you're going to make all this money, but you're only going to make it over here. You're not going to make it in your home country. Who cares?" Yeah. You know, it's like just just appease the fans. Let them love you back for it. Gain good eye in the media, and you got a brand new game. You know, I, I don't, I don't see what the problem is with that. But you know, yeah. I'm not Sega. I guess, <laughs> I guess moving back now, going back into hardware because we're talking about re-release yeah, and stuff. Yeah, way off topic. I'm sorry. But now <laughs> I think it's a good time to go into the bad part of Sega hardware. And by that, I'm talking about at games. At games, I hate them. <laughs> but you have a soft spot for the newest console. Okay, I had. A soft spot. For the oh, I'm not gonna give too much away because I've got a video coming for it. But let's let's just say the honeymoon ended quicker than than I thought. It was Did die? The further I got, I'll, I'll get to that later. <laughs> but um, because the the further I dug into it, it's like peeling an onion. It's like the the more layers I peeled off of it, the stinkier it got. And I'm like, oh, but at the same time, it's not the worst thing ever. There are some positive things about it. But it's like at the same time, though, oh, why? It's like this could have been so good. This could have been so good. But it's like it went from being something awesome to being eh. a turd. Yeah. Now the 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 standard definitions ones. Oh, they're still turds. By yeah. all means, they're still awful. Don't even. It's not even worth the time. But the HD one, I think, with just a few tweaks, it could have been great. And that's so sad because now they're doing that new one. They're still doing it with at games. It's like you're, you've seen them getting horrible reviews. Do you want to keep this up, Sega? I think there has to be some sort of legal contract involved with them. I, I, I think there be. has to be. Because I don't think that knowing them and knowing all the negative press that they actually got with them, and especially since Sega is taking the Mega Drive Mini and they're saying, hey, we're publishing this ourselves, mm-hmm. but at games is still developing it. I'm like, why would you do that unless there's some sort of like, hey, maybe they said they're going to make third-party Sega hardware for X amount of time, like 2020 or something. Who knows? Maybe. That might be the reason they did. I wonder if it's possible to find find something on us. Just watch it be something ridiculous, though. Like, like, oh, this is the only way we can release such and such game legally or whatever. It could be. Well, then again, there's the whole Sonic 3. Jackson Gate. Oh, Jackson Gate. <laughs> Jackson Gate 2018. <laughs> Jackson Jackson Gate 2018. You know the 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 return of the Michael Jackson Sonic 3. For for those who who don't know, Michael Jackson did this part of the soundtrack for Sonic 3, and that's why Sonic 3 has arguably the best soundtrack in the Sonic series. Mm-hmm. Oh, I the s- cartridge games, at least. Yeah. But 
Yeah, and then it's like he went uncredited, and then he didn't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but after the game was near close to completion, he didn't like the way that his contribution sounded coming out of the Genesis hardware, so he was like, okay, you could still use it, but just don't put my name on it. At least, I think that's what happened. I've heard two stories. One was that, the other was, that was when the first bit of the child molestation scandal came out. Mm. And so Sega was like, hey, we want to distance ourselves from you. Yeah. I... And both yeah. seem equally likely because I know Jackson was a perfectionist when it came to music, but I also know Sega, even though they were definitely more, you know, they were more willing to push more, you know, edgy things in Nintendo. They still wanted to be relatively family friendly. Right, right. You know, we're talking about, you know, family friendly as, you know, your typical Nickelodeon show compared to a Disney Channel show. But going back to that original theory, though, if you think about it, that doesn't quite add up because with michael jackson moonwalker if he was okay with how his music sounded which was his full music if he was okay with how that sounded on the genesis and heck even on the master system if he was okay with how well that sounded why would he have a problem with the sonic 3 sound that's what i'm wondering but and, who knows and the sad thing jackson is, gate 2018 jackson gate the, the saddest thing about this is you know he's been dead for nearly a decade now so i think we're never gonna actually fully know probably not it's no. probably going to be one of gaming's unsolved mysteries for eternity until we get some concrete evidence somewhere. But I, I doubt it. I doubt it. The, the one thing that I don't get, though, about the At Games consoles, going back to that, because if you really want Sonic 3 to sound bad, you play it through one of those. The oh, sound emulation is so bad. So bad. So bad. So that's real quick on going back to the HD one. I will say, mm-hmm. for the most part... The sound emulation is better. It's better. It's better. You'll you'll see it in the video, but it's it's better. It's not perfect, but it is. It, there are some games that don't sound great, but for the most part, it, it sounds better. Like when I was playing Sonic and I heard the music in Sonic, it sounded fine. It, I I didn't have any real issues with it. I had other issues, but I didn't have any issues with the the sound on it. But that's like the flashback HD though. If there's one thing I will give it though, it it is beautiful like the hardware itself yeah here hold on uh, let me see if i can i can grab it real quick yeah i can grab it cool it's like i can grab it yeah because the the hardware itself i i'm not aside from them putting the at games logo on it yeah i am i have nothing against the way that this looks it, it just looks like gorgeous. a smaller genesis exactly it is absolutely gorgeous but at the same time though it's like how good does it look if it doesn't Right. And I'm glad I know that because it costs 120 bucks in Canada. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, legit. They, they're trying to sell for 120 bucks at EB Games. I don't get it. Why? Like it no. was only what 60 in the states? 80. Oh, that's still too initially much. it was 80. I got mine for 60, but initially it was 80. But it's funny because if you look in Brazil, not only do they still have Master Systems, but they did their own HD Genesis last year, which is supposed well, to be was, phenomenal. Well, it wasn't HD. It, it only had Composite Out. Oh. But the thing is that I've heard beyond the Composite Out, it's awesome. And I'm like, why not just have Tectoy make it? Import you know, from Brazil. I, I that. Yeah, but, but I think there's some costs. I'm trying to remember. Are you familiar with uh, Kim Justice? YouTuber yes, I, I think her videos are amazing. One of my favorite they YouTubers. Are. 
They are. She did a video about Tech Toy, and I think that basically broke down one of the reasons why is because of importing and uh, importing and shipping fees are just too much. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they're not having and then why that uh, version of the Mega Drive didn't go outside of Brazil. Like it, it could be. I think what but. ends up ended up is the reason Sega has such a presence there is Sega never actually released a console technically there. They had Tech Toy manufacture them themselves within Brazil. So Sega was just licensing the Genesis slash Mega Drive slash Master System names to Tech Toy. Right. And then Tech Toy was manufacturing pretty much everything except licensing was Tech Toy. Right. And just going in, Tech Toy is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not to go off topic, I'm sorry. But no, it's like, but, let, let's but, go, but tech... we can go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, not too much though. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'll be here all night. But tech, uh, tech Toy though is really fascinating. Especially like when you look at the games that they specifically made and published in Brazil only. It's it's really awesome. Especially like, is this one really, what? that one really. What's that? Uh, that's, Duke, that's Duke Nukem 3D. What? Yeah, officially what? licensed. It, it's impressive. It's actually very impressive. It's it's not great. I mean, it's one of those things that's like they did what they could to make this game run. No SVP chip, nothing like that. Yeah. And it's weird is that the game runs better. Than, have you ever played Zero Tolerance? Yes, I've played Zero Tolerance, yeah. And I thought Zero Tolerance was pretty impressive for what it can do, but uh, Duke Nukem, for the most part, it, it plays a little bit better. Like, it takes almost all of the screen. It actually takes about as much of the screen as Doom did on the 32X. Okay. So it, it's impressive what it can do. And um, and then the Street Fighter 2 on the Master System, which is hilariously bad. My favorite, though, and, is uh, Virtual Fighter Animation. Got it. Got it? Got it. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Then again, so was Virtual Fighter 2 on the Genesis, but I, I thought... I thought for the most part they did they did a good job with that. For, Considering again taking a 3D game and making it 2D, I thought it worked. They did it's, good. It's an admirable effort. They did good. But Virtual Fighter Animation, like I got it, I got it on Master System and I got it on Game Gear. Oh, That's why the, the game one of my few inbox games on Game Gear. I only have like a handful of games in box. But um, yeah, because the Game Gear version was different because it actually had that zoom in mode where if you got too close, like it took up the whole screen. It was all pixelated. Yeah, kind of like took that out of the system. Like, didn't they try it? Kind of like, oh gosh, most of the Neo Geo fighters, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a zoom in, but it wasn't really a zoom in. It was like a quick cut. It's like once it, once it realized that you were close enough, they would take up almost the entire screen. And then if they were further enough, it would just click back. Whereas, unlike the Neo Geo games, like it would zoom in and then zoom out. Right. But it, it was interesting. It, it was interesting, but it, it wasn't great. But yeah, it was. But that's just fascinating. But going back into hardware, yeah, I don't really see why they couldn't have had at least Tech Toy try. I would love to have one of those uh, official Mega Drives. Same. I would love to, but and I'm like, I can't, I can't suffice, I can't suffice that right I, now. I can't, I can't justify it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I understand. I completely understand I it. But yeah, but we'll see what happens with the Mega Drive Mini. I mean, it, 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 the flashback HD is a step in the right direction as far as performance-wise, but it's far from perfect. I, I would, would you still say the best... More. Would you still say the best way to experience it, especially if you know you you aren't dedicated to buying a Genesis console itself, is to get either the Ultimate Genesis Collection or the upcoming PS4 Collection? Absolutely, or even the um, even the Sega Genesis Collection on the PS2. Oh yeah, and that PSP. was great. I loved it on PSP. Yeah, which is compatible with the Vita, and that makes me happy. Nice. So I'm just like, I can play it. No, you have to download it through the PS3, but hey, it still works. Uh, but, I, yeah, I have mine on UMD. Way, 
No, there you go. <laughs> I have it on UMD too, but my my PSP for some reason won't take a charge, even with a brand new battery. I don't, I don't know why, but it works great on the Vita. Uh, so, I guess the final bit of hardware we've talked about the Genesis itself. We've talked about Master System. I guess you know PowerBase converter, so it works. Mm-hmm. PowerBase FM, best way to experience that. But yep. Uh, 32x. But there is one type of Genesis game we haven't talked about about yet. The Mega LD. Uh, <laughs> the um, Pioneer Laser Active. Yes. Yeah, I'm dying to have one of those. I don't have one. I would love to have it, but man, I, I have never seen one in person. Like, never. Yeah, just, I, I would love to get one. I see it because the funny thing is, is that like when I look on my local Facebook pages and a couple of my other friends that have shops, mm-hmm. and they get them in, and pretty much once they get in, they're gone. Like they they sell them like immediately. And I was like, that's crazy because I know they're not cheap. And just to get that, and then to get all the modules. But yeah, the Mega LD. I just want the Mega LD honestly for one game. I just want Outrun. Outrun. That's all I want. Just want. I just want Outrun. Yeah, because there is a Mega LD Outrun. I'm like, I I just want that. I did not I'm, know I'm, that I'm, there was a Mega LD yeah, Outrun. Yeah, I'm an out. Because I'm an outrun. Well, I, I I thought it was a Mega LD. Am I wrong on that? I could have sworn it was. I don't but, know. Um, All I know is Pyramid Patrol. <laughs> oh, and um, Triad Stone. I think. Is that the name of it? I, I didn't know Triad. Outrun was on there, but I need it now. I need a Mega I LD. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. I could have sworn there was a there was a Mega LD Outrun. I thought there was. But um, yeah, I would love to have a Pioneer Laser Active. I totally would. I guess, you know, for, for the viewers at home, do you want to go ahead and explain what the Laser Active was to the viewers? So the Pioneer Laser Active is a Laserdisc system that played Laserdisc movies, but it also had a collection of um, games that you could play through modules. Because on the front of the system, there was a little, little slot that you could change modules out. There was a karaoke module, there was a Sega module that worked with Genesis and uh, Sega CD as well, and then Sega made their own set of Mega LD games that were specifically for the Laser Active. And then uh, there was the TurboGrafx PC Engine. Excuse me. There was a uh, well, actually no, there was a TurboGrafx. TurboGrafx, yep. I believe they did have one too. Yeah. So TurboGrafx and PC Engine, and um, I believe that's all the modules, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's all the modules. But yeah, it's unfortunately it only has composite out, so I don't think it's RGB compatible or even moddable. So it, it's, I would love to have it from like a collector's point. It would not be my go-to uh, console. <laughs> to play the games on but and, and yeah i was right there is a mega ld outrun i was checking just to make sure i was like yeah there is a mega ld outrun that's freaking crazy i need it but i need it i need it too i need pretty much everything outrun i need is i love outrun that's one of my favorite sega franchises. another franchise that sega just kind of let die but i so also good. know one of the reasons why is because they had the ferrari license so i think they just didn't want to pay for that license anymore but i think they could still bring it back I mean, if, if Namco could bring back Ridge Racer, Sega could bring back Outrun. At the, you know, it's like they could do. At the very least, I just want Outrun two. If Outrun, if Outrun two thousand six gets Xbox One backwards compatibility, <laughs> that game's already expensive. <laughs> Out what Outrun two thousand six? Mm-hmm. Can't you Outrun get two thousand six on on the original Xbox? Is pricey. You yeah, can't you download it, it, from Xbox Live now? Mm-mm. You took it. Nope. Took it down. They took it away. Oh. Yep, I, th- I believe because of the Ferrari license. Yeah, they took all of it down. They took Xbox Live, uh, uh, Outrun Live Arcade. They took that down. They took that down, and they took down Sega Rally. Damn. So, 
All right. Now, I inadvertently Xbox, own, an, own a rare Xbox game. Cool. Oh, yeah. Now, um, on 360, I do, I did buy Outrun Online Arcade, but I never bought Sega Rally, mm-hmm. which, um, but I do have Sega Rally Revo, so I guess that's close enough. But yeah, Outrun 2006 on the original Xbox is pricey. Because Outrun 2 is compatible. Actually, no, they're both compatible on Xbox 360, but they're not compatible on Xbox One yet. But I never thought Burnout Revenge would get backwards compatibility update, and it just happened the other day, so, you know. Anything could happen. Anything, and how long until people just mod, mod their Xboxes to allow them, right? I know, right? Like <laughs> you know, like uh, then people mod their Wii U's to play GameCube games on them. That I'm not sure. Like vi- uh, via via ISOs. Oh, well, maybe via ISOs, yes. Yeah. But no, to actually play the disc, no, probably not. But I'm not sure. I actually haven't really delved into um, into the Wii U homebrew and hacking community i haven't really delved into that and that's a topic for another time regardless <laughs> right back, back. <laughs> the laser active was uh the laser active was really cool and i i still would love it oh my gosh if i could own that's my actual whole then pandra dragoon saga are my two holy grails i'm pretty certain i'll never actually own pandra dragoon saga is a wonderful game though that's one thing it's like yes you're gonna spend money for it but it's such a good game Better than Final Fantasy VII, though? I know that was the main competitor. Oh, I'm going to get so much hate for this. And in my opinion, yes. Really? I, I, truth be told, I'm, I'm not a giant fan of Final Fantasy VII. So, I mean, I, I've said that before, and I'm not a big fan of it. I think the game was good. It's just the story and the characters just didn't, they didn't do anything for me. Not like Final Fantasy IX or even XII. You know, it's like I thought that the characters in the story for those I thought were a lot more... Fleshed out. a lot out. more for me. They were a lot more fleshed out, and in seven, it just it didn't really do much for me. I feel. But I also understand, kind of like Tales of Symphonia. It's like I understand that those RPGs they have a special place in a lot of people's heart because it was their gateway RPG. Final Fantasy VII was a lot of people's gateway RPG, so I get it. I definitely understand that. But to me, it's like, eh, not not really so much for me as much. But Panzer Dragoon Saga, though, because the the thing about Panzer Dragoon is just the aesthetics and the battles. The battles are so much fun. That's the one thing I, I actually try love it. getting. So good, so so good, but it's just it's hard to try it. You can't even really emulate it. You know, that's just true. Saturn. Yeah, but there, I know that um, there was that rumor that or that was flying around. I don't know if I don't know what the development is of this. That you know the whole Sega Ages games coming to the Switch later. Mm-hmm. That they might be trying to work on getting Saturn and Dreamcast games on there. And I'm like, ooh. It's like I might have to buy my own Switch at that point. <laughs> right, now, right now I'm sharing one with my wife because it's really hers. Because she got it. She earned it. But me, I'm like, I haven't really had enough to really suffice buying my own Switch yet. But if Sega keeps doing that and pumping those out, then I'll, I'll buy my own. Especially if this upcoming Genesis collection comes out. Because we know that there's not going to be a virtual console now. Right. And like well, as... remember the, the, the Sega Classics Collection is not for Switch yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, true. But, but they are doing their own Sega Ages line. That alone, you know, it's, Thunder Force is coming out on the Switch, and that alone is worth picking up. Yep. What, I'm sa- what I'm saying is, so what, what could we argue that, give it a year, and perhaps the best Sega Genesis you could buy is a Nintendo Switch? Wow. <laughs> I totally didn't think about that. Like, man, that's like... That's mind blowing to a Sega fan. It really, if you think about it, it's like that. What an age that we would live in that the definitive way for you to play Sega games is on a Nintendo console. That's crazy. It's mind blowing, but. It is. But, you know, it is what it is. Because 
as much as I love Sega, when it comes to hardware, they kind of did themselves in. So, they did. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate, but oh well. But yeah, because um, I know we were still talking about hardware. We yeah. didn't know. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about my personal favorite. What's your personal uh, favorite? The Genesis, and uh, it's the JVC Xi. I've ne- I've oh, only one played one once, Got and one. I, I never it. saw it again. Yeah, that that is my that that's my go-to console for playing Sega CD games, and it's like I I love it. It's awesome. It, it's like they're so hard to find now. <laughs> It's like it's crazy, but I got mine a long time ago, though. What was the tale behind those? Because I don't know much about them except it exists. The Japanese version looks crazy. Yeah. And uh, I once got to try one when they first. Do you know what the game over is over in 1960? Oh yeah. Yeah. When they they first opened up, they had an XI in there, and they let me play around on it. <laughs> so. Nice. Nice. I I didn't I didn't have I, I didn't have those... enough to buy it, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not cheap now. But, um, yeah, the JVC XI is strange because it's officially licensed by Sega, but it had karaoke capabilities. It had a slot that, what's cool about it is that even though it's not region free, the slot is wide enough that you actually can play Mega Drive games. So if, if there's a Mega Drive game, that, you know, like the Japanese ones, the ones that have the, the, the funky fits, these, yeah. if, um, if it's a Mega Drive game, it will fit and it will play as long as the cart is not region locked. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. But um, as far as that goes, because I know the Japanese one, they did make one change. They took out the S-Video port, which I don't know why they oh. did that. But other than that, it's it's awesome. It, it really is awesome. I, I thought it was way better than the CDX, to be honest. Really? The CDX is great, though. I love the small form factor. It's cool, but man, man they're fragile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so fragile. Because I know, like, my first one, I've had two of them. Because uh, I had one as a kid and I broke it, because I stupidly used it as a portable CD player. Right. So uh, yeah, so I broke it. And the second one I got, and uh, it, it's a good, it's good. But to me, it's like it's hard to kind of justify the price on it, you know. But it's nice. It is pretty nice. There's like what 150 bucks nowadays. Something like that. I haven't checked the price on it in a while, but I, I think it's something around around 150. U.S. <laughs> U.S. Yeah, yeah. U.S. dollars. I think that's about right. Yeah, and I'd say about the same for the XI as well. What is that about right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of held off. It's held off around there, and I think that's. I think that's it, right? Am I am I missing any other any I, other harder iterations? I think I that's it. I think that's it. I mean, all right. Let's see. We talked about Model One, mm-hmm. Model Two. We address. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously Mega Drive and everywhere that's not North America, Genesis Three, Nomad. XI, CDX, even the tangent on the Game Gear and Master System, uh, which I guess adapters, 32X, Sega CD, God, there's a lot of Genesis stuff, at games. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, th- I, think, I think we've covered most of it, if not all of it. I'm trying to think. We, we even talked about Tech Toy. I, 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 like, I feel like we missed something. Like, Are you feeling that as well? I am, but I know... I mean, there's the Mega Jet, but that that's not really a... Well, I guess it is more of a console, per se, because you, it did have a slot. So I guess so. You know, the, the, the one that was um, airplane-ready. I know the one I forgot, and it's the cancelled one. The Neptune. Right, right, the Neptune. Yeah. Do you think that could have saved Sega at all? No. no. I think at that point, if they... It, 
it now if they put out the Neptune like initially the way that it was, like instead of making a 32x add-on, if they actually came and say, hey, you know, the Saturn's coming, but at 199.99, here's the Neptune. You know, this is a brand new system's going to be 32-bit, plays all your Genesis games. I think it would have helped, but still bad moved. Well, because if, if they brought that out and then he still made all the rest of the decisions that they made with the Saturn, I, I think it still wouldn't have helped. I, I dare say, like, the, for, for those who don't know, the Sega Neptune was, they actually found a working prototype, didn't they? It was a, it was a shell. It was a shell. I don't, I don't believe it was an actual full working prototype. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was just a shell. Because uh, I know you can see it at the, uh, the video game museum. Right. Oh, in Frisco. Yes. Yes. Uh, but the Neptune was going to be a Sega Genesis and a Sega 32X shoved into one case together. And I, I almost feel like that would have been worse for Sega than, you know, just releasing the 32X as an add-on like it was. You think so? Well, well, well if, they, guess, if they didn't yeah. release the add-on. Because it's like, alright, we have the Saturn coming out in a year, but here's a new console. Yeah, you know, yeah. the more I think about it, it's, if now if the Saturn was like delayed for like another year mm-hmm. or so, then maybe so, but... The thing is, is that the 32X, the 32X didn't even last two years. So it's like, mm, yeah, you're right, you're right. The more I think about it, I don't think it would have been a good decision to do that. And Sega's defense, they never made an equivalent to the Virtual Boy. They did not. And I could be well, they proud almost, of them. Well, they almost made those VR glasses for the Genesis. That never happened. True. And only made those 3D ones for the Master System. The ones that only come in kid size? Yep. <laughs> so I still to this day don't have but um, um, yeah, I, I, you're right. But I will say though, the, the Neptune, if it was going to come out looking the way that it did, it, it looks beautiful. Oh, it was nice. It was a beautiful looking console. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have. The new Sega Genesis XL. Yeah, it's essentially <laughs> what it, what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Now with an extra analog stick. An extra analog <laughs> stick. Nub. Extra analog nub. Uh, you you can download Super Nintendo games using Sega Channel. <laughs> oh, oh man, Sega Channel. Se- Sega Channel. Uh, Sega Channel was awesome. Ty- yeah, Tyler's yeah. old channel. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now that Sega Channel technically still exists and it's still awesome. But the original like Sega Channel uh, that they had, because it was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember like I was so sad because we had it for like a year and a half when we had it here in Houston. Yeah. And then we moved back to Kansas City and in Kansas City they didn't uh, they didn't have Sega Channel. Oh no. So unfortunately and by the time when we came back to Houston it was already gone. Like it, it was already dead. Yeah, as I remember like as I took a picture with it right before we gave it back to Time Warner Cable and I was so sad because we were giving it away. And part of me was like, we should have taken it with us. I was like, we should have taken it with us when we moved to Kansas City. <laughs> but well, no, um, it's a collector's piece. Well my wife got me one for Christmas. Okay, so, that's pretty sweet. It's awesome. Like, so when I saw it, it's like you look at the box, like stop watching TV and play, and it comes. This is a scientific Atlanta one. It's like, man, that's that's almost like it never came out of the box. But it's just, it, I remember bringing back like that's how I got into RPGs. Yes. Yeah. I, I couldn't afford Fancy Star Four like at the time because it was a hundred dollar game too, and so that's how I got that's how I got into that. Got into so many games because of Sega Channel. That's how I got into Mega Man: The Wily Wars. Such a great fun. game. I love, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. But so for me and others who you know either you know were too young to experience or too poor, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in the former of those. I should mention you know nine, 98 birthday, shockingly enough, to beard lies. But 
<laughs> uh, what was the Sega Channel experience? So the Sega Channel experience was you had a collection of between 40 to 50 games that you could play on demand. So it's like you pay a fee. I think it was, was it $14.99 or was it $19.99? For the life of me, I can't remember if it was either $14.99 or $19.99. But you paid a month with your cable company. They gave you an adapter that plugged into your Genesis slot and had a cable jack that you run into your cable wall. And then uh, the game basically loads onto the cartridge. And when you turn it off, it's gone. So And they changed the games every month. But then there was also a section that was um, that was either trial games that were not released. You only got to play maybe the first one or two levels on, or you had like a, a five or ten minute time limit. And many of those games that you actually had in that corner were games that were not released in the U.S., like Mega Man The Wily Wars, Nightmare Circus, Hurricanes, Body Count, uh, games like that that never came out in the U.S., and all of which fetch a high amount now, except for maybe Hurricanes. But all the rest of those like fetch a pretty high amount if you want a physical copy now. But one of the cool things about it, too, is that for RPG games, that you can play them, and then a big screen will pop up saying, hey, this game contains save features. How it works is that you have to boot the game and load your save at least once every 24 hours. Otherwise, the save is gone. What? And that was cool, because it was like, okay, it was better than renting, because it's like, hey, you rent a game and say, hey, if you bring it back, and then you go and check it out at a later date, and somebody's erased over your save, it's gone. You know, but as long as you log in, even if you don't play, as long as you log in and then you resave, it's recaptured. So I, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Again, something you know, this is being Sega, that's kind of what they did. Something that was way ahead of its time. You know, it, it was it was really cool. And loading time was long, but you know, again, that's dealing with the kind of connection that we had back in those days. For sure, but it was awesome. The Pokemon fan in me wants to ask: Did you play Pulse Man? I did play Pulse Man. That that mm, man, I would, oh, I would love. Why is that game not on the Sega Classics Collection? That's another one that I'm like because I immediately Pulse Man. Because because Game Freak owns it. Game Freak owns Pulse Man. Like it owns the name and the franchise. And I'm not sure if they or... owned the name, but I know like if they they developed it, didn't they? Right, they developed uh, it. So I'm guessing they own they, it, don't I, they? Maybe I don't know. That's worth researching. Like, I, don't, I don't know if it owns the IP. If they own the IP or not. All I know is that game's expensive now. If you want to try to get a copy, I hope everybody bought it on the virtual console. <laughs> do it. Do what I did. Yeah. Order a completely legitimate cartridge from AliExpress. I, I, I do have a reproduction part, <laughs> like a translated repro. I have one, and so if I want to play it, cool. But I, it's one of those that I'm like, I, I would like to have a kind of like Troubleshooter Vintage, like mm-hmm. uh, or Battle Mania, whatever. Uh, I would love to get a legit copy of that. I have a repro, but it's like someday, you know. But those, especially oh, Troubleshooter too. I think, I think that game is is creeping up on like eight hundred dollars now. It's it's insane Oy. how much that game is going for now. It's getting there. It's but. like trying to buy a legit Wily Wars. Do you own a legit Wily Wars? You own a legit. Now that's the PAL version. What? So I'm guessing mm-hmm. you have a PAL Mega Drive to play it on, or? A... I don't. No, uh, but if you have a Game Genie. If you have a Game Genie, you can bypass it. Oh, okay. So, and, and of course, if you have a Retro Freak or a Retron 5, it'll play fine, too. But the um, here's the funny thing about Mega Man The Wily Wars, which, by the way, it's, it's signed by uh, Inafune. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm yeah, still mad uh, at him for Mighty Number no. 9. I'm not. Mighty Number no. 9 was fine. <laughs> it was, it was, was such fine. a bad game. It was fine. It's such a train. But I that's a podcast it. for it's... another time. Exactly. Exactly. But... Um, but what's interesting about Wily Wars is that because I have it and I have a reproduction cart because that one doesn't get played. I have a reproduction cart, but um, the reproduction cart when I play it in my Retro Freak or my Retron Five, 
it plays fine. But if I pop that one in, it plays at the PAL speed. And oh. I can't change it. Like, you know how you can change it to be PAL or NTSC? Mm-hmm. Like, it'll bypass the uh, the region locking, but then it'll play at a slow speed. Like, that's weird. You know, but the reproduction one plays fine. You so, know it might know. be worth checking out, and I think it might be time to wrap up anyways. We've been going for nearly two hours. <laughs> oh, have we? Hour and a half. <laughs> time flies, right? Like, I've been having a blast. Oh, yeah, me too, me too, man. This, this, and, and... Uh, but uh, tomorrow in Victoria, there's a local store at Epic Games, and they take part in something that a bunch of stores in North America do called Free Video Game Day. Oh, yes. And they're giving away over $4,000 worth of video games tomorrow. Jeez. <laughs> That's insane. I, I know... Um, I have to look and see if any anywhere locally here in Houston is doing Free give, Video give Game Day. Look. I know. I will. I know. Uh, I know a store in Beaumont called Respawn. I know they're doing it, but I don't know. Um, I don't know of anywhere in Houston. That's a good question. Maybe I should ask my guys at Game Bros. I'm going out there tomorrow anyway. For sure. So. I'm not sure if everyone does it the same way. The way they're doing it is they literally have a bunch of bags, and each one has a system label on them. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get one game for whatever systems on the label, and then some of them also have like lanyards or pins, you know, or one of them at random is going to have a fifty dollar gift card in it, you know. Grab bags. <laughs> yeah, grab bags, but it's like, there's some interesting stuff. Like, I saw, like for example, one of the NES ones is going to have a Zelda gold, gold card in it. Nice. Where it's like, nice. okay, just giving that away, okay. See, and that's, that's really cool. I mean, the whole free video game day thing is really cool because, you know, taking a step from free comic book day. Yeah. And it's like, I, th- I think that's really awesome. Same. But since I'm going there, one thing they've had for a while, and it's like, okay, if it's still there, I should buy it. They have uh, a, I forget if it's a Japanese or European Mega Drive, but it has a switch on the back to switch between PAL and NTSC. It's been modded. Ooh, ooh nice. So, so if I got that and we tried the Wily Wars cartridge on that, do you think potentially it could run that at the po- uh, at the proper speed? I believe so. But remember, if you switch it over to, um, like if you're playing on a, on a legit console, if you switch it over, it still has region locking. So you need to put in uh, the Game Genie with the code for, sure. for that to work. but Because um, the reproduction cart bypasses all that. But the legit one has region locking. But um, I wonder. That's a good question. That there's, is a good question. There's so many things we could try. Like I have a PAL TV over there that you know I could try with stuff as well. Which I wish I had a PAL TV. Because if there's one thing, I know there's a lot of PAL imports on PS1 and on PS2 mm-hmm. that I would absolutely, and Saturn. Uh, like KO2, because we never got KO2 in the U.S. Yeah. But I uh, I would love to have and try those, but I know that because of the frequency difference, I can't play it on a normal TV. I feel... But at least over here, it's like a sad, you know? But I can say know. this, though. As a North American YouTuber, there is nothing more of a pain to capture footage for than footage from an old PAL system. Because, like, when I capture... Like, when I reviewed that... Ver- that uh, homebrew version of Sonic for Amiga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to capture that PAL 50 hertz through my North American capture card. And then because of that, I got the game to display perfectly, but there was like a good second of input lag. Oh, lovely. And, you know, it was even worse since I was outputting back to the TV as well, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Mm, yeah, see. That, that's the funny thing because I know that when I try to capture from older 
uh, older consoles that have component or composite in them or try to capture from those, I have to go to the TV in the living room to do that because the TV in my game room, for some reason, like I'll just get a black screen. Like I'll notice on the, the laptop, it's fine, but I'll get a black screen on the TV. It's weird, I guess the resolution change it just doesn't like. But I would love to have a, a PAL monitor in some way, shape, or form so I could play those games. For sure. I, I, I need KO2 in my life, somehow. I guess I'll just have to get the Japanese one. For but sure. it's like somehow, some way, I want that game in my life. I could have... Actually, I think he still has it. And I'd say I could have bought it from it? Tyler. Uh, Tyler, iRetroGamer. I could have I bought it from him. I wonder if he still has it. But he's in Albuquerque it, but... now. Okay. He'll ship it. And we'll <laughs> see each other at Retro Houston anyway. So. I need to get down there. I'm not sure if I can, but I'm going to try... If you do, please let let me know, man. You should. You should. I'll try. Yeah. Actually, uh, before we end off, one more thing I'm going to say in my Tales of Recording Amiga. I tried to capture some footage off the screen. And if you think it's hard to capture flicker-free footage of uh, an NTSC game just playing on a screen, to minimize flicker, I had to set my DSLR to a 24 frame per, per second, like a cinematic 24 frames per second. Oh, wow. <laughs> ju- and even then, it was still flickering like hell. But, like, oh. if I recorded it, like, just as I regularly do, like at 1080p 60, it probably would have caused someone a seizure. Yeah, that's nuts, man. See, I, man, that's another thing. It's Amiga. I, I've always been fascinated by, like, PAL. Uh, consoles and microcomputers or i guess uh, on computers like yeah uh the zx spectrum amstrad cpc but yeah the amiga is one that, that i'm i'm always always going to be curious about until i can get my hands on one i'd love to get one at some point for sure grant granted the amiga did come out stateside only issues like compatibility same thing with the genesis i'll be honest the amiga is my favorite 16-bit system and i say this as a sega fanboy but nice if only because like I have a box of floppy disks, I have no idea what's half on half of those still. There's I got like eight, I got like six hundred disks while I got the thing just in a box. It's <laughs> I'm still going through them. It's an adventure every time I boot it up. Awesome. <laughs> so end off the Genesis. I've already said what my top three favorite games are, and with those, I think I'm going to say Dynamite Heady and Fantasy Star Four throughout my top five. But what are your top okay. five Genesis games? Oh, okay. So top three, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and uh, Thunder Force 4. I'd probably say right after that, oh, that's hard. I guess I'd, I guess I'd probably say, because I want to put either Fantasy Star 4 or Shining Force 2 in the next spot. I'm like, but it's it's really, it's like, it depends on the mood I'm in, you know? For I sure. think at the end of the day, I'm going to say Shining Force 2. That's fair. It's just because I have a lot... I have more fonder memories of those two. As far as like enjoyment, I, I love the shiny. And then again, I really love strategy RPGs. That's why I love this guy. Like in this current day and age, it's like I love games like that. For sure. So I guess that's probably my number four. And then um, I think I'd probably say Gunstar Heroes would be my number five. Good choice. If I could, if I had to pick five, well, hmm. either that or Contra Hardcore. And that's tough too. What about Bloodlines? We did. We've only vaguely mentioned Castle. We could talk about the Genesis for hours. Right. Like, we didn't even get into third-party stuff. For I mean, like, a... Hmm, potential another hard. episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm down for that. And I'm totally down. I, I guess to properly end this, why, why is the Genesis be- better than the SNES? I'll likely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think just the, I think just the variety of games on the Genesis is just... I mean, and that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, too, because... 
as far as a variety of different types of games, we talked earlier about how the Genesis is lacking in RPGs. Yeah. The Super Nintendo is... RPG powerhouse. Yes, but has very few shmups. The Genesis has a lot of shmups. Genesis has a lot of sports games. There's, there's some platforming games on the Super NES, but I think the caliber of the platforming games on the Super NES aren't quite as good as the ones on the Genesis. But between those types of games, racing games, I think the Genesis has got it. I think just overall, just the types of games. Again, in the end, it depends on what kind of games you like to play. For the kind of games I like to play, it's going to be Genesis all day long. I agree. I mean, totally. But um, in the end, I, I still say the Genesis is better. It's so much. Like, don't be wrong. I agree with the RPGs, but I agree. So with that, we've been going for quite a while now. Mr. G from G to Next Level joined me tonight. Where can everyone find you, dude? Well, you can find me on YouTube, of course, uh, G to the Next Level. Um, I do mostly Sega stuff, but I'm branching off into different types of territories there. So look for uh, top tens, retrospectives, uh, candid reviews, interviews as well. But yeah, you can find me on YouTube there, uh, pretty much in all types of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me there at G to the Next Level as well. And thank you everyone very much for watching, listening. Stay classy. We will see you next time.